Hi, the Black Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Black Talk Radio, since 2008, providing new black media for the masses. Good evening and welcome to this broadcast of Black Talk Radio News. My name, of course, is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. Today's date is February the 23rd, 2022. Just three days away from uh, the most important person in my life's birthday, and that will be my mom's, Linda Reed. So happy early birthday to her. Um, it's good to be back on the airways, and I'll get into on another broadcast of why I've been absent for so long. But I'm back tonight, and I got, of course, one of our regular guests who's always coming on whenever I call on him to speak to the people on the issue of this murder music that's destroying the minds of the masses. And so we have Kwabana Rasuli who uh, is joining in discussion with us tonight surrounding the stories concerning the NYC mayor um, calling for a social media ban of drill music videos, you know, platforms like Facebook and, and Twitter and, and Instagram. And he's calling on them to ban these violent uh, type of content um, that talks about killing people and other, you know, promoting other derogatory and harmful behaviors. And and it wasn't just that he came up with it, with this on his own, but he also was petitioned by members of the community and including uh, members of that community and organizations like Clear the Airways Project and, and some other organizations that work with uh, Brother uh, Kwabana to present like a proposal to the New York City Council to enforce, you know, is the FCC rules and regulations concerning you know, certain type of, we'll call it adult content, but the, you know, the language of the rules refer to obscene content. Um, it's one of the words. And so they had presented this years ago. You know, we had uh, Brother Kwabana on to talk about it before they presented it and, you know, afterwards. So this is something that he's been, I would say he's dedicated his life 
um, too. But in other related stories, we will also be talking about um, it's a sports story, but it's not a sports story. So those who follow sports know that uh, the L.A. Rams won the Super Bowl and his quarterback was Matt is Matthew Stafford and they won the Super Bowl. And so, you know, they were celebrating the Super Bowl at this organized event and uh, the players and stuff and their families were on this high stage and he had his personal photographer um, there working for him and his wife and she fell off the stage, you know, um, I don't know if she had been drinking. I don't know if she had just lost, you know, situational awareness or wasn't aware, paying close enough attention to the stage and how much room she had. And she just fell off and they say she got seriously injured. And so people when trying to defend Matthew uh, Stafford who basically said, oh, my God, when she fell and turned around and drunk some water and walked away while his wife ran to the edge of the stage to see if the woman was okay and offer any help. So he he caught a lot of heat for that. You know, that's that's not cool. Uh, According to social etiquette, he should have checked on her. But some of those who were defending, you know, this very human lapse in judgment by Matthew Stafford have been defending him. And they start going after the woman uh, who fell off the stage, his photographer, she, his employee, and looking at her Twitter account and she's using the N word and she's a white person. OK, um, suspected racist. I don't know. See, it can be confusing when. And this intersects with hip hop or rap of the rap industry because white people, especially young white people, are the number one consumers of hip hop music or rap music. They are the the largest in the crowd, usually at these rap concerts. And they have always been, you know, the number one sustainers of this type type of harmful music. And so then when they using the N word, because if you read her tweets, you know, she if you didn't know she was white, you would think she was a black person. You black people talk like that on Twitter. Well, let me not say black people because it's a difference between a black person and then those who who refer to themselves as N words, who who. Some would subscribe their behavior to N words, and so yeah, we want to talk about that. Are are these artists? Is the industry who is to blame for these white people feeling so comfortable with caught with using the word? Now she didn't use the word N I G G E R, which is normally associated with. You know, like the Michaels down there in Georgia who just got convicted in their hate crime trial of murdering um, uh, Ahmaud Arbery because he was black. They were using the N-I-G-G-E-R. She was using the N-I-G-G-A. And then people try to say it's a difference. And so I would imagine it can it can be quite confusing. And of course, my position is we shouldn't use the word period. But who's to blame for it becoming so prevalent, you know, uh, with these people talking like this? Uh, Again, I wouldn't know she was if I didn't know she was white. I would just think she was another another person of African-American descent or or just black. Let's just say black to include those from the diaspora. I would just think it was somebody who taught like that because they in that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know. 
if it's not okay for them to use it, how is it then okay for another person to use it simply because they got a different skin color? It's not logical. It, it, it doesn't really make that much sense. And then, you know, we got the NCAA. Um, I said NCAA, man. <laughs> I'm thinking about basketball, right? But we got the NAACP Image Awards coming up and, you know, Quabana has been tweeting and promoting, uh, I mean, Facebooking messages about that. Um, he stays consistently on them and pointing out the hypocrisy. Remember, you know, um, they buried the N-word not that long ago. And and then you had a casket and everything. We're going we to stop using the N-word. That's what we're going to promote. But then I would say because of trying to raise money, trying to bring in revenue, which means that then, you know, you're doing it through advertisers and what have you since it's on television. I think it's on cable now. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, then you want to get what's hot, what's selling. And unfortunately, what's selling is a lot of music that uh, refers to black people, women, and children in derogatory using derogatory terms, talking about killing them and stuff like that. So I went. I I used to, you know, I'm 55 years old. I thought in uh, the NAACP is NAACP, right? The N <laughs> National so the NAACP, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, is what I'm talking about. But but anyway, they you know were were. When they came out with the Image Awards, it was about promoting artists that had this family-friendly, wholesome image, or they were involved on the activist side of, of you know, politics or addressing social issues and and what have you. Their music spoke to that and whatnot. But you know, it's been since gangster rap that I believe the Image Awards has really went with downhill, and it just really doesn't. I don't understand what's the, why they are promoting this negative image. And then on one hand, you know, members of your organization rightly point out that we shouldn't use the N word, but then you got the end up the, the uh, image awards, which is associated with the organization promoting the very people who promote use of the N word. Now uh, also we got a special guest in studio, um, my brother Carlton Reed came down. Him and his family came down from Ohio, and he's in studio with me now. And he's going to sit in and uh, offer some of his commentary and insights on these topics we'll be discussing. Do you want to say a quick word, bro? Good morning. Good evening, everybody. And I'm just uh, happy to be here with my brother and everything. And uh, I'm just happy that the work that he's been doing and uh he, he asked me to come join in, and I was intrigued enough, you know, I, I want to do this. So uh, um, I'm here to have a good uh, a good time and uh, learn something and share some of my knowledge as well. All right, so without further delay, let's go ahead and welcome me in Quabna. But I do have some clips, a couple of clips from Mayor Eric Adams, who, who I hope I got the right clips up. Because I'm seeing two that look pretty much the same. I could have made a mistake in labeling them. Um, they're different times. So, yeah, I got two different clips. Oh, Mayor Eric first sounding the alarm and, and showing his concern about drill music because they had two murders in, in New York City of drill rappers within 30 days of, of each other, you know, in the same month. Uh, and then he met with them. 
You know, he had a little summit with him, which is cool. You know, you we want to encourage dialogue, you know. And so, but without further delay, let's bring on Kwabana before we get it really deep off into these stories. Uh, Kwabana, are you there, sir? Let me get your mic unmuted. Are you there, sir? Brother Kwabana, are you there? Okay. Yes, I am here. All right, I can hear you. How are you all, how you brothers doing tonight? You're doing good, doing good. Yeah, doing. I, I'm I'm surviving. I'm still I'm walking on top of it. Tonight. What's that? Quality? I mean, I mean that little, little, literally tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> I'm alive. I'm not dead. I'm not in modern day slavery. So you know, um, but I do have concerns. So I, I'm great concerning um, what's going on in my life as compared to some others. But yeah, bro, I had had to bring you on. You know, when I heard about the New York City mayor uh, addressing this drill rap music after these murders uh, of these rappers. Now, before we get started, can you, like my brother said, he had to look up what drill rap was. He didn't really understand what it was. I tried to explain it to him. But if I'm not mistaken, one of the birthplaces of drill rap is Chicago, an area that, you know, you live in Gary and work in Gary, but also work in Chicago. And, you know, you were sounding the alarm on artists like Chief Keith, who I think was murdered, uh, if, if my memory serves me correct. But can you define for the people what is drill rap and how is it different from gangster rap or any other rap? It's not really. It's just a couple, I guess, some of the... I was rapped and stuff, and it basically focuses on disrespecting the ops and um, killing them. But it's the same old drug laced, violent, trap type lyrics that disrespects our women and drops in bombs on us. And again, it calls for the shooting and killing of our people. Um, they label the trap rap and um, keep, 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 keep who is still alive, but so many others have, have, have succumbed, have died. Uh, you know, we had a song I don't like. If I don't like you, bang, 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 I'm going to shoot you. And this was a song that was like a little internet hit, but then it came really big after, I believe it was Jimmy Iovine, um paid him a bunch of money and pushed it out to the masses. So that that's the, uh, so I mean, when people are talking about this, this drill rap, you know, his name is getting left out. However, when you think about Eric Adams, and his, he, he didn't really talk about the radio, which has been our focus, the slop hop killer radio. He talked about YouTube, and it's ironic that Jenny Iovine is the one who was in charge of music on YouTube, where these songs are getting hundreds of millions, about hundreds of millions of views, what have you, um, songs that just demean and denigrate our people. And yeah, so that, you know, drill rap, they just rap about, you know, same old crap, same old crap, bro, just the same old thing, you know. And this is something we're glad that's getting more and more pushed. Because as you know, you know, we've been pushing on Black Talk on the Black Talk Media Network for uh, shoot, for almost a decade now. And um, and, and other networks have been organizations uh, struggling um, because of the impact of this on our web life and on our lives, on our lives, how dangerous it is. So we're, we're pleased that it's getting more and more push and pub. So we can't say that. But drill rap is just is is. It's just a subgenre of what's already been ratchet and killing us. So it's just and been repackaged. Be We're glad it's finally been addressed. It's just uh, it's no repackaged. different than gangster rap, trap rap. All of this stuff had the same type of lyrics. They just call it something different because of maybe the region it it originates from, 
or you know, but it's still pretty much the same destructive music. Let's uh, go to a, one of these clips. I might have to stop it if it's the wrong clip. I mislabeled these clips. I apologize for that. But here's Mayor Eric Adams. I believe on this clip he's speaking about uh, his concern and how it was brought to his attention. Mayor Adams met with a group of drill rap artists last night. Okay, he- that, that's the wrong one. Let me play the second one. I had no idea what drill rapping was, but I called my son. And he sent me some videos, and it is alarming. A gritty form of rap with songs and viral dances made to celebrate local murders. The violence is infused in the music. Two drill rappers have been murdered in New York City so far this month. The story of 18-year-old Jaquan McKinley, known as C-High, brought Mayor Eric Adams to tears Thursday. The story of Jaquan breaks my heart. His story tests my spirit. McKinley was shot and killed, leaving a recording studio in Bed-Stuy Sunday morning. On February 1st, 22-year-old Tajay Dobson, known as T.Wu, was killed in a drive-by shooting in Canarsie, just hours after securing a record deal. There have been lately a number of shootings of known rappers, some very known with good careers, uh, right in front of them. I used to say who runs Street Corner Resources in Harlem. Seku says her organization is increasingly responding to shootings, stabbings, and beatdowns that are carried out in retaliation for drill music songs that brag about local murders. There are calls to action in the music. <laughs> on the grave, to smoke uh, on the grave of someone. Hot 97 DJ Drewski recently said he'll no longer play what he calls this music on the radio. But rapper and Brooklyn native Fabio Foran defended Drill this week, saying it's not the music killing people. Mayor Eric Adams told PIX11 today he's focused on the social media sites where Drill videos can rack up tens of thousands of views. We're going to ask these companies, we're going to ask them for good corporate responsibility. This is contributing to the violence that we're seeing all over this country. The mayor is also calling on prominent rappers to step up and step in. I am meeting with some of the top known rappers. Uh, we have a meeting set up where we're going to sit down and really bring in the rappers and show how this is impacting and is causing the loss of lives of young people like them. Tamsin and Corey, so many of the drill music videos we found on social media today were simply too graphic to show on the evening news. Mayor Eric Adams said if former President Donald Trump can be removed from Twitter, he certainly believes that many of these violent videos can be removed from social media as well. Well, um, before I get your comments first from you, Kwabana, on what we just heard from Mayor Eric Adams, first thing I want to point out is the weak uh, counterpoint by whatever rapper they talked to that said it's not the music killing people. It's like you just repackaging, you know, the and I'm a Second Amendment person. I do own a firearm and I do believe that as individuals, we have a right to have the uh, tools to defend ourselves or to hunt, you know, um, but mostly to defend ourselves. And so that's, you'll hear these right wingers though, that say, hey, it's not the guns killing people, it's, it's the people killing people. And that's true, but 
the guns make it that much easier. And I would say the music by dehumanizing certain people make it that much easier. It's hard to kill a black person. It's easy to kill an N-word. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Kwabana? Um, that 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 word, bro. That word dehumanizes us, and just like uh, Brother William Jones Jr. shared years ago, it's how you know we had war. You dehumanize your enemy, so you don't feel any remorse in killing them. You call him a gook, you call him a chink or a red, or you know you give them a, a, a name that again dehumanizes them. But just like those who enslaved us, that N I G G A or E R R A H S, I have it when ironically or most of the pronunciation of it. It dehumanized us, so they did not feel guilty about working us from can't see in the morning till can't see in, at night, from from uh, stealing us away from our families, from torturing us and beating us and raping us. And so now nowadays, you know, they got us where we think it's cool to drop in bombs on each other, and that's what we're actually doing. We're dropping bombs on each other. So it's uh, you know, in all sorts of ways, we're killing each other. We had two hundred rappers die in two thousand and twenty. Two hundred rappers. In 2021, it was 250, with 80% of them dead by gun violence. 80%. Let me ask you a question about that statistic you you sharing with us, which I've heard you share before. Um, How many country artists died in the same time period? How many heavy metal rockers died in the same time period? You know, from and I assume most of this is from gun violence, right? These rappers, that's that the two hundred that's been killed. But when you, so when somebody says to me, it's not the music. Nobody saying it's the music alone, but the evidence would suggest that if all these people are dying, or or artists, rappers, whatever, are dying in this genre, and you compare it to people who 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 make a living producing other type of music, something's wrong there. And let me say this before I let you finish up, Quabin, and we'll get Carlton started as well. Uh, we got a caller on the line. Uh, we'll start taking calls here after the ten uh, thirty mark. So stay online. I see you got your hand up. But if you have a question or a comment, anyone in the listening audience, you can give us a call at 626-213-5779, 626-213-5779, and follow the instructions in order to let me know uh, you would like to share. Go ahead, Kwabna, finish your thought. Uh, it was Actually, it was 200 after 250 in 2021 who died via gun violence. Others were stabbed and overdosed to some, uh, I guess, by natural causes, quote-unquote. And, you know, other means and methods and ways that people, you know, lose their life. But the vast majority of them were from gunshots. And that doesn't even count the number of Africans who were killed uh, by the residual effects of this violent, vulgar, pornographic music that disrespects our women, disrespects all of our people, and it calls for us to be shot and killed. And, you know, we do a survey and it's online. You can check it out. It's called Sad State of Black Music. When we ask the questions, give us a percentage of music that junior peers listen to that drop in bombs on us, that call our women folk B's and H's, and encourages us to shoot and kill each other. And those numbers are always in the 80s and the 90% range for all three questions. And we, and we ask these questions all around the country. So this stuff is so pervasive, man, and it, it, it has to be dealt with. That's why we're glad they're bringing it out and talking about it. And you mentioned earlier in the intro about um, a resolution in 2019, 
the New York City Council introduced a resolution in support of the Curly Edwards Project condemnation of the killer radio stations broadcasting out of New York and uh, calling on the FCC to do their job and enforce their decency standards, which they have in place, which understands the First Amendment rights to free speech. However, because our children are listening, we have to limit what you guys are doing out there. You can't play the profane and indecent content uh, between, uh, between the hours of 6 o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock at night. After 10, we give you a little leeway. However, obscene content is never allowed, and they are constantly playing obscene content. And so the uh, New York City Council has that resolution sitting there, dormant. It's there. It's been sitting there since 2019. The resolution 0975-2019 is sitting there. They need to act upon it. Yeah, you know, now will be a good time to raise that with the um, mayor's office. Since he's now brought this renewed attention on it, I doubt if he may, he may not even be aware of that resolution. You understand what I'm saying? And, and But the other part of it is, you know, you heard Hot 9-7, one of their DJs saying he's not going to play this quote-unquote diss music um, anymore on that station, but... You know, you monitor a lot of this content on, on a lot of these stations. And, you know, what what are your thoughts on um, the contributions of Hot 9-7 to this hot mess we talking about? Their, their, their contributions are, are enormous. Um, hot 97, I'm trying to think that's where the Breakfast Club emanates out of. It is. But 95 or 90, it is. They, and see, they, they're all around the country. When you he heard that Throat Baby was the number one song in the country, that came from the Breakfast Club. When we heard a Memorial Day, you know, I don't know about the song Throat Babies. For those who are it? not familiar with hip-hop parlance, uh, Throat Babies refers to a guy ejaculating down a woman's throat. So, Throat Babies. Number one song in the country. Number one song in the country for, for African children. About what around this time last year? in hot rotation all around the country. I first heard it in St. Louis, then I heard it again in Birmingham, played it all the time in Chicago. I didn't know what I was listening to until I finally figured it out. But they had it as the number one song in the country. Um, uh, Memorial Day weekend, I was monitoring the station right then, the, the countdown out of Chicago, but it came from the Breakfast Club. And it said the number one song in the country on Memorial Day weekend was Back in Blood. In the chorus, the rapper Poochiesty raps that I ain't got nowhere to go because I didn't shot up everywhere they was. That's in the chorus of the song. Number one song in the country, Memorial Day weekend, a weekend that's notorious for a bunch of murders in Chicago. And guess what? We had a bunch of murders in Chicago. The weekend after that, um, the same Pusheis, he's been in jail ever since because he shot somebody in the, in the strip club. The weekend after that, the guy who, 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 who raps on that song with him, Lil Dirk, is in Chicago. His brother, his older brother, gets shot in the head outside a strip club and murdered. And they got the song that they're playing, disrespecting them, disrespecting all of us, all this violence, playing a song about, I ain't got nowhere to go. I done shot up everywhere they was as the number one song in the country for African children. Right. And you. Right. So, Carlton, what what are your thoughts on what you've heard from the news clip that I shared, um, anything I've said, anything Kwabina said, any, anything you like to touch upon? Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, I would say that uh true that the radio stations are um they it's like they don't care 
what what gets played and uh i used to watch the breakfast club but i stopped watching it just for the simple fact even though you may have some important topics or something on there every now and then it's the fact that you you are you are showing alcohol promoting alcohol in the back in your backgrounds and stuff like that and one of the things i just wanted to add to this though yeah it is the radio station's responsibility as far as putting it uh, uh stopping this mess being put out but when I was living in Ohio and when I lived in Detroit, I seen a lot of young people, mainly a lot of young female and a lot of young males too, that have kids and they drive around and they play this music and they play it loudly to these kids in the car. My next door neighbors used to do it. And and I used to stop them from doing it because I used to always tell them, you're not giving the children a chance by playing this garbage, you, you you poison their head early, you know. So it's just it's just so much that's got to be done to, to to stop this this drill rack. Cause I'm I like I said I had to look it up. I know some of them like Lil Dirt and everything. Cause uh, he was uh, King Von's uh, homeboy and everything. King Von, the guy that got killed, the rapper that got killed. That's his homeboy. <coughs> Excuse me, but um, you know and uh. Who, uh, uh, Chief Key, but I don't listen to none of them. I just know about them because I got kids, and I I want to I want to know if if any one of my daughters get a hold of some of these. I want to know what they're listening to. But it's just something to me that I feel that it needs it do need to stop because I remember when growing up in the eighties, you didn't hear any uh, type of like lyrical rap that had cussing in it till like at night you know what i'm saying and now it's as soon as you cut the radio on and it's it is disturbing my children don't listen to nothing but uh the instrumental channel on uh xm radio and because i i don't want them exposed to this stuff uh it's not gonna come out of my house but it's just you know it's just something that, uh we got to work on I will certainly. It's agree. seven o'clock. It's seven o'clock on Sunday mornings. They're playing this poison, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's tough. Like to talk about our children. I got nieces and nephews, and they're all enamored and bewildered by NBA young boy and uh, all this stuff. And it's uh, it's just sad because we see the results of it every day, and it's so pervasive. It's all around the country, and it's, they got a stranglehold on our people right now with this madness, with this ratchet music. And then for the NBA, the NFL. And then coming up, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, even the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People in the Image Awards to be doing what they've been doing for the last decade. Yo, um, we got to get ready to take a, a short break. And But my brother just pulled up on his phone this story, Brooklyn Drill Rap Star Super Gates, Devastated Mother Blames Music Scene, Social Media Jealousy, for son's murder. So this isn't something that, that Eric Adams has just pulled out of his hat. You know, I'm going to make this a political issue so I can get the conservative vote and people will blame it on, you know, liberals or whatever. But no, it's the liberals who love this type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? They love this type of performance art and what have you. But I say all white people, regardless of their uh, uh, political leanings and affiliations, they all seem to revel in this minstrel music. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's just time to stop. 
So we're going to take a short a short break. On the other side, we're going to uh, go to our caller um, from the 314 area code. Again, if you have a question or you would like to add some commentary, you can give us a call at 626-213-5779. We'll be back on the other side. Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. One thing I got out of it was magic I'd like to share with you. You know, it's like I was leaving and I was sitting in the hotel and a voice said to me, said, look around. What do you see? And I said, I see all colors of people doing everything, you know. And the voice said, do you see any niggas? And I said, no. And I said, you know why? Because there aren't any. And it hit me like a shot, man. I started crying and shit. I was sitting there. I said, yeah, I've been here three weeks. I haven't even said it. I haven't even thought it. And it made me say, oh, my God, I've been wrong. I've been wrong. I got to regroup my shit. I mean, I said, I ain't going to never call another black man a nigger. <laughs> you know, because we never was no niggas. That's a word that's used to describe our own wretchedness. And we perpetuate it now because it's dead. That word's dead. We men and women, we come from... We come from the first people on the earth. <laughs> you know, the first people on the earth were black people. Because anthropologists, white anthropologists, so the white people go, that could be true, you know. Yeah, Dr. Leakey and them found people remains five million years ago in Africa. You know them motherfuckers didn't speak French. So black people, we the first people had thought, right? We the first one to say, where the fuck am I? And how do you get to Detroit? <laughs> so you can take it for what it's worth. I know like, I ain't trying to preach nothing over. I'm just talking about my feelings about it. And I don't want them hip white people coming up to me, calling me no nigger or telling me nigger jokes. I don't like it. I'm just telling you, it's uncomfortable to me. I don't like it when black people say it to me. I really don't no more. It's nothing. It don't mean nothing. So I love y'all, and you take that with you. I guess y'all say it. <laughs> and that was a clip of Richard Pryor from 1973 talking about his change in his behavior after self-reflection, after visiting the continent, one of the countries in Africa, and saying he was no longer going to refer to black people as N-words. This was 1973 that this issue was being raised. And again, we, we don't want to just focus just on the N-word, even though that's a big part of it, but the violence, the promotion of violence, the misogyny, the promotion of, of committing crime 
and especially the crime of murder. So, you know, that's what this is about. This isn't about, you know, just one word, even though it's a horrible word. Um, let's go ahead and take this call um, from area code 314. Your last four is 4600. You are on BTR News. Please give us your name. Welcome to the show. What's your question or comment? It's Bianchi. What about the material that is being in magazines and books that's being displayed and available in school libraries? in elementary school and high school. Okay. Those books have explicit explicit uh, characters, displays of sexual content, uh, body, uh, personal body areas, privacy areas, and so on and so on. That there is doing a, a very uh, dangerous deed, too. But uh, you talk about doing away with the N-word and so forth, all I can say is good, good luck. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's your opinion on that question? Thank you. Well, I, you're welcome. Well, let me answer him first since he asked me my opinion, but thank you for calling in uh, with your comment. I'm going to place you back on hold. Um, my thought is some of that – it's right-wing talking points and ideology. You know, I'm a very well-read person. I keep up with a lot of these issues. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Some of the stuff is concerning, but it depends on the age group. It depends on the age group. You know, um, I'm thinking right now of this push to, to ban what they labeling critical race theory which is really just African-American. Really, you don't even have to call it African-American. You can just call it American history. You know, American history X, what they don't want you to talk about. So, you know, we have to be careful when we start talking about banning books and what have you. And so I'm not in disagreement with you, but I don't think it's as widespread as a problem as this programming that's coming over the radio that's coming over social media platforms like YouTube, like like videos on um, other social media platforms. I don't think it's a, as big of an issue. I'm not going to say that it's not an issue, but it's not like this is happening all over the country in every school district. You know, I went to school. I raised uh, three daughters who went to school. I never, I'm a very active parent in their schooling, looking at the literature, the curriculum, if you will. I never came across anything like that. Um, now, my grandchildren, you know, who are in my lives, in my life, and they're in school. And I sometimes am tasked, especially during the pandemic, with homeschooling, you know, going on a virtual learning, but I'm there to help. And some of the issues that I had raised with um, what my, my, my oldest grandson's 11 years old, but he was in the fourth grade at the time. I think he's in he's in fifth grade now, but he was in fourth grade. This was last year. This is doing virtual learning and they gave him a reading lesson where he had to read a paragraph about Thomas Jefferson and then answer questions, you know, to gauge your reading comprehension, able to recall, you know, the details of the passages that you read. And, you know, it taught, it, it painted him in a very, uh, obviously in a very 
positive light about liberty and justice and freedom and all of this, but leaving out the not asking. I'm not saying you can't bring up Jefferson, but why why are you painting this man as this this uh this uh positive figure in US history or American history and pointing out his thoughts on liberty and justice and freedom while also not addressing his contradictory behavior in denying the same liberty, freedom, and justice to people based on their skin color and based on their national origins. He was a racist and also a rapist who was raping Sally Hemming, who was his his wife's half-sister because his, her father was raping slaves and, and what have you, or, or victims of slavery, we should call them. So, um... You know, if content, sexual content that you feel like is inappropriate for a certain age range, because we can't shelter children, um, you know, from the world, um, but we have to make sure they learn these things in an appropriate setting, in an appropriate manner. So I'm not dismissing your concerns, but I'm saying this rap music, um, that's glorifying killing, drug dealing, and all of that. It's more pervasive than what you're talking about, sir. Um, but thank you for your Scott, call, Scott. If I can, yeah, go ahead, Quan. Yeah, if I can chime in too on that, man. It's like, you know, that's not really what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with that music. We're dealing with. I mean, you, but you set them straight, you know, with, with your response. But we're dealing with the music, and music is part of is culture. Is one of the major aspects of culture, and culture is everything. It's people's way of life, and. You know, I'm, and I'm more concerned. When I was talking to a friend of mine about the whole situation with uh, with, with some some issues dealing with the music and how ratchet it is, and her grandson came up nine years old. He came up and got in the conference in the conversation. He's pretty quiet, but he heard us talking about this. He came up and whispered in my ear and said, uh, "Nobody should listen to Little Nas X Montero." This is a nine year old telling me this, and at the same time, again, let me don't get to it again. But then, then the NAACP is about to possibly give him an award for entertainer of the year. So a nine-year-old knows better than these grown adults as a part of one of the oldest civil rights organizations in the country. A nine-year-old knows better than them dealing with this ratchet music. And when it comes to the N-bomb, which, and like you mentioned earlier in the, in the program, how they had a ban on it. They had a coffin, a funeral for it in Detroit. Y'all, y'all to my hometown, you and your brother. Let me leave Detroit alone. Yeah, that's my brother's hometown, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> <laughs> right on. But, but, yeah, but in Detroit. So they, they, uh, they wanted to ban it. And so, wait a minute. So 15 years later, now y'all honoring, uh, making, uh, honoring songs to talk about shooting up Ian's funerals, yeah. shooting up Ian's hearse. I, I should on, point out, though, and I think it, it'll be fair if we point out that you mentioned Detroit. That was the Detroit chapter. That wasn't the national branch or anything of, of, of the sort. And so, you know, the Image Awards, those are the people who run that are different than the various different chapter presidents. You know, um, here in North Carolina, we got Reverend um, uh, Barber. 
uh, who do the Moral Mondays March. He's known for that, uh, really pushing in the fight for 15 to raise the minimum wage. He does a lot of good work, uh, Reverend, Reverend Barber does. Uh, and he at one time was the state NAACP chapter leader. And so, you know, there is a disconnect between some of the chapter leaders and then your national. And I look at the NAACP Image Awards as a money, a vehicle for them to bring in money in, and they don't care, you know, what type of content but they, but they rep, but, but they But they represent all of them, and so that's why they still need to be checked. We got some comrades right. with Hood Research out of Detroit. Who are, who are putting the heat on the on the Detroit chapter because of this, because of what the Nationals are doing, because that's who they represent. Maybe they should go away if this is where you guys have come to. And, and in terms of banning that word, we're not, we're not saying ban the word. The word is, is in the lexicon. It's in all this ratchet music. The word is there. What we're asking and what we're saying is, Africans, stop referring to yourself and your people as that word. It's the most despicable, dangerous, if a word can be evil, the most evil word, in the history of English or any other language, or any other language, if you are a black person or African person in this country and you don't agree with that, I mean, you got to do some real soul searching. That word is horrific. I can't, can't think of any other word that's worse than that word. And so we should stop calling each other that and, our, and stop referring to ourselves as that. And that's why they, that's why they make sure, and you, you, know, you talked earlier about this minstrel show, these minstrel shows that they have out here. And this is why they, these, the handlers of these artists, Bob Lowe talks about this, this is why they make sure that these rappers drop all these inbounds and these songs because they want to assure their white listeners, their white concert goers, their white folks that they're not talking about their sons when they talk about killing people, that they're not talking about sexually assaulting and disrespecting their daughters. So they have them drop that inbound up in there. Um, yeah, so I do have another clip of Mayor Eric Adams and he met, you know, uh, with, he had a summit, if you will, with some of the, I guess they would be local NYC uh, drill rappers. They could have been from other areas. I'm just not sure. But let's go ahead and take a listen to this clip. And I, I want to uh, put particular focus on one of the drill, drill rappers they speak to in some of his comments. Uh, I want people to pay attention because I want to break down what he says. Mayor Adams met with a group of drill rap artists last night. He's criticized the music genre for contributing to the rising violence in the city. But as CBS 2's Andrea Klein Thomas explains, the mayor and the rappers were able to come to an agreement. There's been a lot of talk about drill rap, drill music in New York City, connecting violence with the, with the culture. Late Tuesday evening, drill rappers met with Mayor Eric Adams, who's been critical of their music, saying it's causing a spike in violence. But Brooklyn rapper Bleezy says the meeting was productive. And we got a chance to speak to him as brothers, as we should, and we got a perfect understanding of what's going on. Drill rap came under renewed scrutiny after 18-year-old artist Jaquan McKinley's murder earlier this month, leading Mayor Adams to call for the music's removal from social media. Violent people who are using drill rapping to post who they killed and then antagonize the people who they are going to kill is what the problem is. People look at the videos or listen to the lyrics and stuff. It's going to be characterized as, you know, talking about guns, talking about money, talking about... But that's just uh, the music period at every genre. Paul Bleasy admits some artists go too far. 
If you ain't experienced poverty, you shouldn't even have your opinion on anybody moment. Bleasy says he focuses on the hardships in Brownsville, adding addressing the real root of violence goes well beyond any lyrics. The community is like, it's, 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 it's like, there's no hope, there's no opportunity, no, we're just making music so we can get out of these places. The meeting with Mayor Adams ended with a handshake. The mayor said that a new initiative in partnership with the rappers will be rolled out in a few days. Andrea Klein-Thomas, CBS 2 News. And the mayor admits to just learning about the genre of music from his son and said he was happy to speak to the various artists. So, you know, one of the things the brother was saying about this is just music, it's not the root cause. It's not the root cause, um, but it is a cause. It is a, it's a variable in the problem, all right? Pro, how, how often, and again, I don't judge people on where they are because at one time I didn't know the things that I know now, you know what I'm saying? And Malcolm X talked about not judging people because they don't think like you think. They may not have read what you read. They may not be as educated as you are. They may not have been exposed to the point of view, you know, uh, uh, that you're espousing before. They haven't had time to really think about it. Nobody's really challenged their thought process. But he's talking about, you know, obviously a lot of people go into, you could say, music to make money. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I place the most focus of the blame not on the artists, although we are not going to absolve them of their individual responsibility as human beings, as part of a community, but it all goes back to the industry. And white people control the industry. White people control the radio programming. And it is they who have made this programming so pervasive. And it is they who have said, you know, I've shared this with my listeners in the past. There was a rapper out of Charlotte named Cleo Jones, a female rapper, black woman who was a protege of Chuck D of Public Enemy. She used to have a little talk show that I used to help her produce. And um, but anyway, um, when they tried to change her earth, earthly, you know, style and wanted her to show, show more skin, to show her ass, so to speak, you know, to, to try to have more sex appeal, um, she said, no, I'm not changing my image. So they didn't give her the record deal. I think it was with Universal Records she was trying to get on with at the time. and But they wanted her to compromise her principles just in order to make money. And these young cats see that. They see who is being promoted as the biggest stars, who's getting the most money, who's getting the most things, who's being on, you know, on the news a lot, uh, being talked about. And so they're going to emulate that same type of music, that negative music. Um, Carlton, did you have some thoughts? I did. Um, I was just going to say uh, uh, a rapper, I really don't call him a rapper, but his name is Kodak Black. Uh, he just got shot. Uh, he was at a, um, a Justin Bieber after party, and he got shot. Super Bowl after party. Yeah, Super Bowl after party. Thank you. First thing this fool does after he gets out of the hospital, he makes a video, him, and I don't know who the other guy was with him in the video, and both of them 
are waving money. Just stacks of money, just waving. You can't even really fully understand what they're saying. I mean, they're talking, but it just sounds like a bunch of gibberish. The first thing they do is wave the money. And then I hear this one cat, uh, I'm talking uh, through my Xbox and everything to some of our friends. We just talking. And this one cat was like, yo, that's my dog, man. Y'all see Kodak out there waving, you know, had all that stacks of money. That's what I'm trying to get. I said, oh, so you trying to get shot. You know, this is this is the stuff that is that is just poison. I don't even call it rap. I mean, you, you can't come up with a better vocabulary. You can't you can't come up with a better imagination or, or, or be a storyteller rapper or something like I mean, better than just. I know we got to change the neighborhoods. I know I know we got to change what's going on in the neighborhood because you got kids trying to raise kids and that ain't never work. But it's just they see this, they see this money and, and stuff like that. They don't even pay attention to the fact that this man's leg is in a brace that he been shot. You know, it that's the part that that I find disturbing and it don't make sense to me. Yeah, so he out of Charlotte. Um, <laughs> as Kwabna is fond of reminding me that he, hey, ain't that your homeboy? No, that's not my homeboy. But anyway, he from here. Uh, yeah, well, you talking, talking about the baby? The baby. Oh, the that's right. My bad. Baby. My bad. The baby. Yeah. Another person. Yeah, call, uh, not Kodak. Yeah, not Kodak Bleak. Kodak Black is the one that was filling up his mama at a birthday party, right? Yeah, he's the one that Donald Donald Trump uh, uh, pardoned. He's the one that has a song out right now called Grumman Superstar, where he is having beefing with one of his uh, one of his uh, cohorts out in Florida. And in and, and this song, he talks about, you know, taking some drugs, and he knows he had a feeling it wasn't for real, it wasn't a real thing, so he could have been taking fentanyl. He's promoting, pretty much promoting the ingestion of fentanyl, taking some opioid, not even giving a damn about it, because he's a grimmer. He's going to make it through it no matter what. That's in the chorus of his song when he rapping about killing his old homeboy. And that's what they play on the radio all the time out here in Chicago. Uh, Kodak Bleak at that Super Bowl weekend getting shot up. I didn't know about the flaunting the money right after he gets out the hospital. But those artists at the Super Bowl, out of all those artists, only two of them don't drop in bombs, you know, on, on their people. And and it's like, and, and those artists, billionaires, hundreds of millions of dollars, and those are, those are the ideological parents of, of what we have going on today. And they celebrated at the Super Bowl. And even when you talk about that press conference, one of the rappers who was at that press conference, Mayno, was bragging, oh, y'all want to ban this stuff, but look, y'all want to ban Snoop Dogg years ago. Now he's performing at the, at the Super Bowl. Quit walking at the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. uh, Snoop, Walk, Snoop Dogg, who's, who's famous for, um, if the pigs try to get at you, you park it like it's hot. But if the end simply get an attitude, you kill him. You pop it like it's hot. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. walking around with our sisters, sisters on leashes, man. Uh, Fifty Cent talking about heard him on the radio uh, years ago. Having your mama picking out your casket, mm-hmm. and then and you know, so crazy. Man. But speaking of the Super Bowl and NFL and Jay Z, their deal, uh, which was supposed to be some kind of partnership to address the issues that was raised by Colin Kaepernick and many, many others before Colin Kaepernick about this police violence and murders against, you know, uh, uh, people here in the United States, particularly uh, black people. And so then, you know, this is what we get. 
This is what we get. We get artists who are, whose claim to fame is talking about N-words and shooting N-words and talking about murder is the charge that they gave me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, walking around with women on dog leashes. You know, y'all remember that photo, Snoop Dogg mm-hmm. and what have you. But now he's the darling. He's the darling of corporate America. Got a talk show, been hanging out with Martha Stewart and... And and you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just, again, it is the system. It is the system. Again, if you have a question or comment, you can give us a call at 626-213-5779. I believe you press 1 to um, notify us that you have a question or comment, or you cool to just listen on the line. But um, I want to play this clip. From Neely Fuller Jr., the author of the uh, Compensatory Cold Book, uh, who talks about counter-racism. And Mr. Fuller's an interesting person. Um, I believe this man might be in his 80s by now. Now, there are some things that he say that I scratch my head because I know there's no truth to it. And again, I'm not judging him because I don't know what his level of education is or what have you. But then there are some things that he says that are right on point and I'm in full agreement with. And so a few days ago, I came across this YouTube clip. It's only about three minutes long. Neely Fuller on the hip hop industry. And again, you know, White supremacists is most to blame. White people are most to blame for the state of this music because they control it. And anybody who say they don't, especially when we talk about radio, you know, the radio stations, then, um, you know, you really need to educate yourself. But let's listen to this clip. Neely Fuller Jr. on the hip hop industry. Don't kill me, even though I teach you how to do it kill your brother and the fellow down the street. And anybody who remotely looks like you, kill it. Kill it. Harm it. Kick it. Curse it. Write a song about kicking it and killing it and cursing it. And try to get everybody to listen to it. And then go out and do it. And try to get them to do it. And call that our culture. Isn't that wonderful? I wish somebody would copy it. Everybody should be like that. Mass sickness. That's what Uh oh, sorry about that. Even as we speak, it manifests itself all over the world. Give me a nine millimeter and kill somebody that looks like me. That's what I do. That's the mind of a stone victim. A person who has been completely victimized because their mind has been completely turned upside down, inside out, and then finally just completely oblivious. It's not even a man. Robotized. Niggerized. A thing not even remotely resembling a humane person, a human being. All nine years of activity, this is what the white supremacists enjoy. 
They have made the world a cesspool of this nonsense. Some areas of the world, people don't have the sophisticated pistols and rifles, so get a machete. Don't cut bananas off the tree or cut sugar cane. Get a machete and whack off the arm of a black lady who tried to hide from you because you're a rapist. Teach her a lesson. And then walk around and feel proud of yourself. Shame. Shame. Strong black male image. Shame. We can stop it by becoming a little bit sane in this insane situation that's been produced and refined by the white supremacists. Your thoughts on on that um that commentary from Mr. Neely Fuller Jr. Quabana? I mean, it's, he makes the plane. That's what they do. We see that formula uh, taking place all the time, and it's promoted and pushed. You know, for those who don't do it, they just okay buy. Or those who were doing it and changed their mind and start making more conscious music or music that doesn't demean the grave and call for us to kill each other, they start playing it. Because one thing about this, this form of, of, of music or, or so-called art is that it, it doesn't take much to do it. You don't have to know how to play a keyboard or play a guitar or drums or anything to, you know, to go in there and make some music. I mean, Kodak Black is an example that we talked about earlier. If you play somebody so many times, there will be people out there and saying, oh, that's my dog or that's my artist. Because if, if you and I, Scotty, me and your brother, we had a, three, a trio, and they played our songs 15, 20 times a day, there's going to be some people that's going to like it. And finally, eventually, start liking the beat or something. And so it's, yeah, Neely Fuller was on point. His um, sister, he worked with a lot, Dr. Francis Creswell, and she made it plain in the statement we heard her say, uh, not too long after she made Transition to the Ancestors, when she said that um, rap music has annihilated the self-respect of black people. It has annihilated it. That's what she said. Yes, she did. Carlton, you have any thoughts on what we heard from Mr. Neely Fuller in that clip? He was spot on. I mean, on, on that clip right there, he, 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 he was spot on because what, like you said earlier, I mean, the industry is the, is the one that bl- is to blame for this because all they're doing is just throwing this money, showing in these, these, uh, these artists, this, this money, you, 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 oh, well, you, you, Oh, you want to wrap this? Make it more violent. Make it more violent. Make the girl have on less. You know, promote this liquor and everything. We're gonna give you this. We're gonna give you so many millions, and and and, and they and they bite. And, and you know, because a lot of them feel. I've, I've heard some rappers even in Ohio. You know, hey, it's all I know. It's all I know from the streets. Some of them that is true. You 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 talking about what you know, but. I mean, like, that can't be all you know. Sadly, I think it could be, you know. But again, who created these quote-unquote ghettos? Who created the hood? You know, that brings to mind redlining, (laughs) depriving people of loans, home loans, 
you know, business loans and keeping uh, uh, people in poverty. Yeah, some escape, and unfortunately how some escape is by uh, propagating this white supremacist programming. I, don't, I think, you know, that's spot on to even call it white supremacist programming. Because what is it doing? It's talking about, it's, it's normalizing the N-word. It's normalizing people calling themselves and referring to other people as this dehumanized it, this thing, like he said, kill it, kill the N-word, mm-hmm. kill that N-word, and, and what have you. And so it's white supremacy. It's in furtherance of white supremacy. It's promoting self-hate. And again, any rapper or any defender of this type of rap music that want to say, oh, it's not the music. Why do you think they call it programming? Do you know what the definition of programming is? Think of programming a computer. Think of programming a robot. You know what I'm saying? With zeros mm-hmm. and ones, you're giving it commands. You're telling it what to do. Why do you think they call it television programming? Why do you think they call it radio programming? Because mm-hmm. it is programming minds. Okay, and unfortunately, you know, it's these violent vir- mind viruses that's, that's, you know, a lot of people succumb to. Do everybody who listen to this type of music, are they going to go out and kill somebody or murder somebody? Maybe not. But then again, they may. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. may do it. Because, you know, it's the old question. Is art imitating life or life imitating art? Say it's both. Quabana. Um, let's go ahead and take this call. After this call, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. I appreciate you, bro, uh, coming on as always to talk about this very important topic. But uh, we got a caller. You'll hear yourself when you're unmuted. Your number is just all one. So you probably called in through the board. Uh, let me get you unmuted. All right. You're on BTR News. With Scotty Reed, Brother Quabana, uh, Brother Carlton, can we have your name or pseudonym? And go ahead with your question or comment. Yeah, yeah, this is Nas. I just wanted to comment on uh, what you guys are talking about. Uh, good evening to y'all. Good been evening. Listening. Hey. Y'all been listening for a little bit. Yeah, salute, salute. Uh, yeah, man. Like, we've created about five genres of music in this country. And each genre of music has the same cycle. We create this organic thing that has a certain life to it, and then uh, racism and capitalism come into play, and then they determine the incentives, and the incentives are never good for us. So, like, everything y'all talking about with hip-hop, think about the early stages. Every artist, I don't care who it was, they had to have at least one positive song on there about the black community, and they had to have one song on there for women. That, that was early stages of hip-hop. Then all of a sudden... They see it, 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 it's viable commercially. They can make some money off it, so then they come in. And before you know it, they turn the, the dial on the stereotypes up to the fullest. They reward the ones who go the direction they want. And then before you know it, the music takes on that, 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 that focus. Now everybody's making the music in that way because that's how you get to the money. So, of course, again, the capitalism problem and then the racism problem. Go back a, a few years. No, not a few years. It's about 10 years ago. A uh, young dude out of Florida had a song, and it was about the judicial system. And in it, in the hook, he had something about, you know, the word, I ain't going to say the word because I don't know how y'all do standards on here, but, you know, so, let's say a version of saltine within the hook. Man, they bleeped that out Cracker. on the radio. You talking about saltine crackers? 
<laughs> yes, sir. Now, 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 they bleep that out on the radio, yet they, you know, we heard all the stuff we heard over the years on the radio, never edited, never never nothing. So, you know what I mean? That, that just lets you know what it is. But, yeah, y'all hitting on something important here. And that uh, police mayor up there, he's going to use this as a way to basically do stop and frisk all over again. He's going to use this to intimidate and bully young black men in that, in that city, and it's going to be under the guise of, you know, well, I'm going to use this hip-hop as an excuse, and I'm going to talk to these artists or whatever. So I, I don't trust that guy either. He's, the game is the game at a certain point, man. Uh, you played the great uh, Nilly Fuller earlier. I'm with you on that. There's some things, well, Dr. Nilly Fuller, there's some things I agree with him on, some things I don't. But either way, that's an ancestor who, who definitely turned on a lot of minds, didn't do what a lot of this music is doing to people. But uh, I, I just wanted to get all that in. But man, uh, much respect. I've, I've listened to you guys for years. Cows, all, all you know, all the other brothers out there doing good work as far as radio is concerned. And uh, you know, do your thing, man. Respect. All right. Thank you for um, your call and your comments. And peace be to you. Um, so, Quabana, um he said some of the things I've I've heard you, you know, talk about in terms of the incentives and what have you and how it changed. Your thoughts on uh, anything yeah. to add to what the brother was talking about? Yeah, I think, first, I think Neely Fuller's still with us, right? Yes, he is. Physically. Yeah, I think he's still with us. Oh, no, the brother was on point when he's talking about it. Even with Eric Adams. You know, Eric Adams, um, Bob Law from our National Black Leadership Alliance, sat down with him a couple of years ago during our Respect Us campaign. He knows what's going on with his music. He's been knowing what's going on. So during the, one of the reports I read, I read his son works with Jay-Z, and Rock Nation, a Rockefeller, something like that over there with him. So, yeah, you got to be careful with that. You know, trying to bring it back, stop and frisk and all that stuff. You know, them getting on the uh, Manhattan Barrow, D.C., I think his name is Briggs, uh, D.A., who said he's going to stop prosecuting all them frivolous stuff. So you don't do, you don't do that stop and frisk because you ain't going to prosecute him. And uh, so they're getting on him about that. So hopefully people will stop him from trying to implement. I think they have hopefully stopped him from trying to implement that craziness again. Well, they are. Um, the latest I heard was like him targeting homeless people on the subway because um, he's linking, you know, the tick uptick in violent crime, not just the drill music, but um, to crime on the subway with homeless people. But um, I heard like they're supposed to provide them with services and what have you. But, yeah, I do know Eric Adams is a former cop. Um I don't know a whole lot about him. I didn't follow his campaign particularly closely, but again, I see an opportunity. You know, um, there's an old saying in in uh, my home, my mom would say it, what the devil meant for evil, God to turn to your good. So this, is, this could be an opportunity. He has opened up that door for this conversation, and since he wanted to come out publicly, then we use the radio you know, Bob Laws on the radio, uh, other people, other allies on the radio, uh, activists start questioning him, you know, start questioning him. Well, what do you think about the resolution of that Clear the Airways uh, project got passed by the New York City Council? Now, Mayor, why don't you push to implement it? You you understand where I'm going, Kwabana? understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, that's the, that's the largest city in, in the country. And so we're wondering why Chicago mayor hasn't brought that up yet. I know Clarence Page got an article on it. Trevor Noah's talking about it. Even Corey Brooks is on Fox talking about it every night, you know, the other day. I think it was maybe even today, some earlier today. So it's getting a lot of push. So we got to seize this time, brother, because, you know, we've been 
dealing with this for uh, again for so long. And, and I don't know you, you know you about to run, man, but just let me state also that coming up this weekend in NAACP, uh, they have they are nominating Megan Pete, and we mentioned this earlier, Lil Nas X for their Entertainer of the Year award for their Image Awards. Like those are the images that Black folks need to be seeing, that our daughters need to be seeing. Megan, um, uh, known as B Stallion. And and and, uh, and Lil Nas X doing prison videos with with black men naked um, in in the prison and, and having simulated sex with a devil type character and his other hit song he had this year and they're nominating that for an Image Award. Shame on them. Yeah, yeah, and that's been an issue with them for years, man. I can remember in two thousand and eight. Uh, when I first started broadcasting, uh, talking about the NAAC Image Awards and some of the people they had nominated, and it's not an attack on the people. Again, everybody has a different level of consciousness, you know, and, and it's, I'm not trying to judge them, but it is what it is. And so we try to reach to them and have a dialogue with them to make them understand that you are called in a wicked system and you don't have to be. But unfortunately, you know, they've been using butter biscuits for a very long time to get members of the community to turn against the community. You got any thoughts, uh, Carlton and Dana? Uh, we got a caller. We're going to let him get, uh, I'll get this call in before we close out. Go ahead, Carlton, your thoughts. Uh, well, it's like, it's like I said before, like I said earlier, I mean, like, you got a lot of people, you got a lot of these young kids out here that are, uh, how can I, how can I put it? They are subject to their own environment because what, what victims of the environment. Yeah, they're victims. They're victims because what they see, you know, what they see. And then you, you see this guy going down the street with these rims on his car and his tent, you know, and, and you, you know, they like, thinking that's that's the way to be or that's the way to get out get out of the the hood and then you have popular culture it's not just what they see in their environment but then you had the corporations and in the popular culture like he mentioned the nfl the nba the mm. type of music they play even at the schools at their sporting events they're playing this type of music they're uplifting these negative images. It's that, on video and, games. So, it's yeah. on video games. You go to NBA two K, NBA uh, or go to all the NBA two K two K games. Go to all those two K games. You will hear a lot of even even on Madden. They got it. the difference is like on Madden. I don't know if you can do it on NBA, but on Madden you can change it. You can change it from either you can listen to the country or, or, or the white people, or you can turn and listen to the rap and everything and and uh. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. The, 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 listen to that type. Listen to that music on there. So again, all, this program is very prevalent in this society. It saturates, you know, just about every people activity area. So especially entertainment. Mm -hmm. So, but let's 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 uh, bring this caller back in. Uh, they raised their hand again um, and let them add as we get ready to close out. Uh, caller, go ahead again. Your name and go ahead with your question or comment. Make sure we got the same person. Yeah, this this is Naj. I'm I'm still here, man. Yeah, I mean I'm in agreement with everything that's being said, man. Uh, no matter what, we know what it is. So you got to just keep pushing and, and and doing what's necessary. But the other part is calling out a thing when it is a thing. Like you guys talked about the NFL situation, where these people are openly violating the law. 
These are unfair and discriminatory hiring practices. All of the thinking positions are the ones where they don't want to see anybody besides their friends, family, and, you know, skin folk. That's who they hire. But on the field, 80% brothers in all the positions that are dangerous, that are probably going to lead to some serious life uh, harming, harming injuries, you know, post-career. But when it comes to who should coach, who should think, who should strategize, all those things, you see how they actually feel. So the lawsuit is not new. Johnny Cochran was going to sue them back in the day. That's how uh, they even got that Rooney rule in place. But something like, uh, you know, the Rooney rule, for those who aren't aware, it's a rule to where when they hire a coach or a GM, they have to interview at least one non-white person for it. And, of course, they don't say non-white, but you, you, you know exactly what we mean. But the, the ownership, who is racist uh, as far as who they are, uh, they just figured out ways around the rule. They would call old friends or they would, you know, circumvent the rule by checking it off by saying, hey, we brought our D.C. in for a quick interview and then we hired who we wanted to hire. So, you know, when, when you see them bring on a hip-hop artist to kind of get away from some of the controversy when Kaepernick kind of exposed who they were, uh, he come, Jay-Z comes in, he does the halftime show, and they treat that as if that's some kind of olive branch to the black community when they're actually spitting in your face and saying you can entertain us. But when it comes to power and, you know, controlling interest in, in these teams, then they don't want you there. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that little piece, man. But yeah, good salute, point. man. Good show, y'all. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Kwame, I'm going to let you have the last word, bro. And, again, I appreciate you and the work that you've been doing and how over this past decade, whenever I call on you to come on and speak to the people about this issue, you always there. So I really appreciate you, brother, and the work that you're putting in. Um, I'm going to let you have the last word. Close us out, Kwabana. You know, I was uh, with a friend uh, earlier. We were talking about a different song, and she was asking me, do I know this song? Do I know that song? First few notes. And I was saying, oh, yeah, that's that's such and so cool. That's the dramatic. That's Tower Power. That's Lenny Williams. That's Switch. And, you know, these songs that were out when I was, like, you know, youngster, real young. And, I, and so, and I wasn't, that wasn't, they weren't being played as much as this crap is being played today. And so this music, this stuff is affecting our children and our youth. It's just destroying their psyche. And that's who they're targeting with this. And it's so dangerous and it's so important, like we've all been talking about, that we deal with this. And I think right now is the time when it's getting a lot more push and publicity that we see at this time. And, uh, and really, like, really, really deal with this issue. So we got a campaign called Turn It Off. Hashtag turn it off. It's a, it's a despicable campaign because of what it talks about. He's saying turn off any source of music that demeans and degrades our women. Turn off any source of music with lyrics that call for the shooting and killing of black people. Hashtag turn it off. Um, check out the Clear the Airways Project uh, Facebook page. We also have a website, cleartheairwaysproject.org. Uh, get with us on some of these campaigns that we're working on to put a stop to this. Um, you know, just talk about this resolution in New York, getting it, uh, it's been, um, in- introduced, but getting it heard and getting it passed. And, th- and, uh, and this, again, let's see this time while the, while the momentum is here right now to, to deal with the, to deal a death blow to this death music that's targeting African children and youth. I appreciate say. you too, brother, for having us on. All right. Thank you, brother Quabin. And we'll be in touch, man. Have you back to talk about some of those uh, campaigns that you mentioned. But peace and blessings to you, bro. All right, well, love, y'all. All right. All right, good night. Hey, Carlton, any final thoughts? 
It was a good show. Uh, what do you think about the behind-the-scenes view in the studio? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of mm. BTR News, bro. Uh, I, I, I like it. I like it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I used to always, well, you didn't know too much about but I used to promote this in, when I was in Ohio. Cool. Yeah, Appreciate I, used to, that. I used to promote it. So, because uh, uh, my boy, uh, next-door neighbor, Chucky, he ended up uh, friending you on uh, on Facebook and everything like that. So, uh, But I like the message. Uh, I like what's being put out here. It, it lets me, it gives me something to think about as well. So, uh, it's just we have to change. We have to change the neighborhood. We got to get our neighbors good back. We can't be. I remember just like you remember growing up. We wouldn't, you know, if you did when we remember we used to go over uh, uh, Aunt Peggy and them house. You get in trouble at Bustle Park. You could catch it from anybody on that street. Any any adult on that street. Now you got people so scared, you know, now they scared of these kids out here because of the guns they got, the, the stuff they listen to, the lean and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. we got to get the community. If we, get, if we can get our communities back and everything and get our kids, you know, and get them where they're safer, we can take control over this. Sound like you're saying they've taken unity out of community. Right, right, right. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. So, um, again, I'm back on air trying to do a regular schedule Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I am scheduled to come on air this Friday at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. David Wren of the old Tando radio show that used to be on Black Talk Radio Network. Um, I have spoken to him, and he will be joining me for Friday night's broadcast where we're going to focus on Ukraine um, because it looks like that that could turn into another a hot war instead of a cold war. The cold war never ended. When I say the cold war, I mean the uh, capitalists versus the communists and what have you. And so, you know, we're going to take a look at Ukraine because a, a lot of stuff that I see coming out of mainstream media, corporate media, this pro-war, pro anti-Russian propaganda, it's not that I'm pro-Russia, it's not that I'm anti-Russia. As a news person coming at it from a news point of view, I should be objective. And a lot of the corporate media I'm seeing is not objective. And it is just part of the long history of the corporate news media to further um, the Western nation's of geopolitical agendas in foreign lands, whether we're talking about in Africa or other non-white lands or whether we're talking about people they have labeled communists or socialists and, and what have you. So, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot that is not being shared. The fact that they use white supremacist Nazis and there's photographs and there were articles appearing at the time in 2014 and now nobody's talking about it. Nobody's mentioning it. And I've been sharing it. And then they're acting like Russia doesn't have a historical um, claim to that part of eastern Ukraine. That is eastern Ukraine is where the first Russian, the, they were called the Rus at the time. And that's what Russia means, land of the Rus started in eastern Ukraine, and, and that's a major reason why those people identify with Russia. They do. In, in those two regions that have declared their independence, even have voted on it, 97% of the vote, you know, they wanted to join Russia. Now they declare independence. It's a lot that we're not getting from Western media, and, you know, 
I'm just so sick of these foreign wars where poor people and working class people, children will be sent off to die and all this money will be spent on war instead of spent on producing justice right here in the United States. With that said, I'll make sure y'all tune in Friday night. Again, my special guest will be David Wren. Peace and blessings to all. Good night. Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio.